0: you know i had my internship program and i remember coming to my mom that i found such a cool opportunity and she told me it wasn't going to work out my mom the most supportive optimistic person told me quite literally we were sitting in the living room and i was uh, i was standing up and you know she was sitting on the couch and i told her hey this is what i want to do and she told me i was going to fail and i was so pissed i was so confused hurt i'm just like you know My mom is everything to me. And she just told me I'm going to fail at something. (laughs) I ended up being one of the, you know, top interns, you know, of the state. And, you know, I remember going back to her and having a conversation and, and she looks at me teary eyed after, you know, my banquet ceremony. And after I came back with, uh, with my award and everything, she looked at me teary eyed and she said, Brianna, I am so proud of you that you you know, you didn't take my advice, you know, you knew that this was something that you were going to do and you were going to be good no matter what.
1: Welcome to the Edge of Excellence podcast. This show is for current and aspiring leaders that are dedicated to showing up every day in their lives with excellence.
2: If you're one of those people that doesn't know what you wanna do, and maybe a lot of people seem to know and like to tell you all about it, well, we've got the guest for you today. We've got Brianna Brady, who is only 21 years old, but has already had three careers. Currently a production coordinator for a giant construction company called Home Genius on the East Coast. Prior to that, the first ever million-dollar sales rep. Uh, She started off in high school, figuring out that she had a huge desire to win, developed a bunch of communication skills, EQ skills and an unbelievable attitude. And she's here to talk about how to live in the moment, try a bunch of things out and how to kick butt. Welcome to the Edge of Excellence. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for making time out of your busy schedule to come on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. I'm very happy to be here.
2: Yeah, long time no see. I think the last time I saw you, I didn't know how old you were, but you weren't the right age, and I couldn't get a drink at a bar, and it had, I don't know, 10,000 people in line, and out of my left corner of my eye, I see you kind of talking to the bartender, and next thing I know, you're having drinks delivered to our table via text, so I knew that's the person I want on the podcast.
0: And that's who you have here today. I'm still the same me.
2: And you're still... Uh, owning it at the clubs there in New York City, making sure people are paying attention to you and not to all the other people lined up waiting for whatever they need?
0: Hey, that's what the city lifestyle does. So you get what you want, right?
2: Yeah, so if you're listening and you want to be cool, the first step to being cool is move to New York because that's where Brianna grew up and that made her one of the coolest people we've ever had on the podcast. So again, thank you for making time and we're going to start off the way we always start off. Why don't you tell us what your definition of excellence is?
0: Excellence to me is winning it's being ahead of the curve and excellence is the difference between being, you know, good and being great.
2: So what are there people that are excellent that get second place? Like what a silver medal winner in the Olympics be excellent.
0: They can, they can, so there's different, you know, you could win in different ways and I think that everybody measures, you know, excellence differently. So, you know, my goal, you know, winning to me could be, Hey, I'm someone that's, you know, a pretty, you know, pretty good runner, but my goal, Hey, is I want to come in, you know, I want to get a medal, right? So they get a medal. It could be bronze. It could be silver to them. That's excellent. They are excellent.
2: So the person that wins the gold medal is the most excellent. Um, but if you're at that Olympic caliber in sports, you're probably excellent. And I know you, I know you were a million dollar sales rep in a business that didn't have million dollar sales reps. Everybody was below a, mi- a million dollars. So you won, you were the most excellent and you were excellent com- in in comparison to all the other people. Now there's many million dollar sales reps at that company. Right. So are they all excellent because they got to a million or is only the one at 3 million excellent.
0: I think I work with a lot of excellent um, and talented workers. It's it's funny that you call it, you know, most excellent. And that's, a, it's it's a really interesting way to think of it. Um, I do think that, you know, the other million dollar reps are are excellent. And it's funny that we have a scale of, you know, measuring excellence by, you know, numbers. So really, I do think it's the goals that you set out for yourself and how you get past those that are just average. So then it comes into play. Well, what do you call someone that's average?
2: Well, thank you for that definition of excellence, Brianna. I want to get into what you were like in high school and college, and you know, a lot of people that are on this podcast are a bit older than you, and we like to talk to people in their twenties about what they can do to get into a position where they have the career of their dreams, where they're able to crush it in everything they do. And you know, a lot of people find the wrong career. You're a little bit younger than most, and um, I've known you since you were just out of high school, which is not typical. A lot of people come on that are my buddies. A lot of people come on that work here. Um, Not many people come on that I've known uh, when they were 19. So I I met you right out of college. I mean, right out of high school while you're in college. But I want to go back to before I met you. And, And I remember when I met you. You have an excellent way of uh, making life fun. So we had a lot of fun together. And I always thought you were about 25 when you weren't, especially since you were in all these bars that you weren't supposed to be in. Not on my tab, I hope. Um, (laughs) And and so why don't you tell us what life was like in, in high school? What was going on for you that got you on this path so that by 19 years old, you're selling hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of business and making all sorts of money? What was life like?
0: I would have never pictured, you know, I would be where I am today. You know, the people that I met along the way, uh, the internships and the jobs that I have now, because when I was in high school, I mean, I was just a, you know, I, I was just a high school athlete. I just love sports. And, you know, ever since I was you know, little, I was on every sports team and I just wanted to do everything and try everything. Because when you're that young, you don't know what's out there. You don't know what you're going to like. You don't know what you're going to be good at. You don't know what you're going to be great at. All I knew was that, hey, if I try something, if I like it, and maybe if I keep at it for a little bit or a few years, it's something that I think I could excel at, right? And something I think I could be excellent in. So... I mean, when it came to high school, I mean, I was just in, you know, average classes. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I mean, I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician at one point. Um, I could have, you know, been a lawyer at one point. I had everybody telling me, oh, you could be perfect at this. You could do that. You know, and I, I just, there were so many unknowns, right? And the only thing I did know was that, hey, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm an athlete. That's what I like doing. So I busied myself. Um, I played soccer. I ran track and field. I did cross country. I was pretty good. Uh, I was pretty good. I broke a few school records and I thought that was awesome. I thought I was in a great spot, you know. And then it came time to, you know, apply for college and I had my whole friend group. And I realized when we were applying, it's like if you're comparing a GPA, You know, if you're comparing, if you're on a varsity sport, or maybe if you're a team captain, there's a bunch of people that, you know, are just like me, just like, you know, they're not the top of their class and they're not, you know, flunking out of school either. You know, they're in their classes, they go to all their classes, they do pretty well. And, you know, that's really it. So then I came to a point, you know, before I met you, before I I got my first internship where I'm like, shit, I'm scared. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I ended up going to Stony Brook University. I think I decided maybe about like, you know, two months before that, that was the college I was going to go to. I I never even knew until the last minute. And what did I do? I went into Stony Brook as a pre-med major. So that was a, that was a spin right there. And, you know, I felt like I needed to justify why I'm going to that school. I felt like I need to have a reason. I felt like all the people that I was surrounding myself with, you know, either they didn't know what they want to do or they had this, you know, this false reality of what telling themselves that they want to do, that, that it's going to magically set them up for the rest of life. And I realized quickly that that definitely wasn't it. So I go in, I'm at Stony Brook University I'm taking my, my chem classes, my bio classes, and you know, the first year, the first semester, I didn't really have much of a of a social life because I felt like I was drowning in these classes that I hated. I hated, but I felt like I needed something to prove to other people. Hey, I'm here because this is my path. I have a plan. So um I was in my psych class and I had a student that came up and, you know, asked to do an announcement that they were, you know, they had a summer internship program. Just like, you know what? I'm, you know, doing something I'm not so fond of. I need an internship. I need to do something new. So why don't I give it a shot? And fast forward a few years, I finished the internship program. You know, I have my, my job now all laid out. And, you know, I wasn't, I didn't finish being, You know, I didn't finish on the pre-med track. Uh, I switched my major. I switched what I thought it was that I wanted. And here I am. So there's been a lot of changes in the last few years, to say the least.
2: Yeah. So I hear that a lot, by the way. And it's my experience, too. I was supposed to be a lawyer because everyone told me I'd be good as a lawyer. So people are telling people in high school and college, the people listening to this call, we know what you should do, but they haven't done a dis test with them. They haven't tried them out. They haven't asked them any questions. You know, you're good at science, so you should be a doctor. You're good at talking, you should be a lawyer. All these people telling, and nobody knows. That's why we have this podcast. You didn't know. I didn't know. Nobody knows. But the interesting thing about your story, and I was so glad to be there for this, you found your potential later. Like I was a punk kid, stealing cars and car stereos and doing all sorts of lighting things on fire, playing with dynamite. And you know, I didn't know what my potential was. Not a lot of people believed in me, but I found my potential later, same way you found it. I had another guy on the podcast, Darius Miserate. And he talks about finding your tribe. He went to Semester at Sea and found his tribe. I was there. I remember down at Cancun, you found your tribe through that CollegeWorks internship. And then you kept with that tribe and they kind of helped you figure out what you should do, right?
0: Right. So, I mean, I told you I played a lot of sports and I realized it was the people that you surround yourself with are gonna have a huge impact on, you know, where it is that you're gonna go and what it is that you're gonna do. So when I'm relating this back to sports, I mean, I was surrounding myself with competitive, you know, driven people, you know, people that wanted to be on a team and that wanted to win. You know, I didn't feel like I was just on a team to play and to get a participation trophy. You know, we wanted to, you know, break school records. We wanted to make counties. We wanted to make nationals. And those are the type of teams that I was on. So yeah, I didn't know what, you know, I necessarily wanted to do. Right. I mean, I could have told myself, Hey, I wanted to be a lawyer. I wanted to, you know, be a doctor. But I knew that I had, you know, a competitive edge to me. Right. And it was all about unlocking what it was that would unleash my full potential. And that's how I ended up finding, you know, an internship program that, you know, led me to a different path. But it was an opportunity for me to be competitive, be my best self and figure out, you know, what I like.
2: So you're in high school and you're taking the classes, getting the grades, hanging out with the cool friends, but it's track and cross country and soccer where you have your tribe that's motivating you who all want to win. Then you go to college and you're taking your classes and you're going to the parties and you're um, going to the USEN and you find your tribe again. And it's the same tribe as before. We're not playing soccer. We're doing business. But everybody wants to win, just like on a great team. Everybody wants you to win too, like a sibling rivalry, but we still want our sister or brother to win. Everybody's sharing. Everybody's supportive. And so you found out a way to unleash your potential by continuously surrounding yourself with people that were looking for a way to unleash their potential.
0: That's exactly right.
2: So I did another podcast with this guy, Mike Cato. He says, you are the sum of your five closest friends. And I think about it all the time. I'm going around, I'm like, wait a second, is this person lifting me or dragging me down? But I always challenge, is it your five closest friends? And they're important, the people you spend the most time with. Are they complaining and bitching and dragging you down? Or are they challenging you and pushing you? But it's more than that. If you have great friends and you go to a horrible workplace where everybody's miserable, you're not gonna be excellent. If you have great friends and you live in a miserable area where there's nothing to do to challenge you, you're not going to be excellent. So you continuously push yourself in multiple different directions, academically, athletically, socially, and then obviously work-wise. And through pushing yourself and challenging yourself, you were able to figure out what your potential was, right?
0: Right. It had to be a balance.
2: Had to be a balance. And I believe I'm right in saying that you've been excellent at a bunch of different things. You ran small business in college. You were excellent at that. You helped other people run a small business in college. You were excellent at that. You went into sales and you were this million-dollar sales rep. And now you've moved into something totally different, managing other people, producing these construction projects. So you're moved into a new realm of where you're trying to win and be the best.
0: Yeah, it honestly, complete 180. I mean, I did my internship program and it was, you know, sales-based and I've never done sales before. And it was something that I found I loved um, and I did really well at. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean just because you found something that you're good at, you know, and could pay really well, it doesn't mean that there's more out there that you could like even more, you know? So I think the internship gave me a really good Understanding of what it is that I am good at and what it is that I am not good at. But that didn't want to stop me from continuing to find things that I could, you know, like even more. So, yeah, now I have a different role and I'm realizing there's a ton of things that I learned in my internship program that I didn't know that I would ever need. But now I'm in a new position and it's like, wow, this is all coming together.
2: How, how do you train yourself to be, I guess it would be open-minded or so positive? Because there's some people that are looking, oh, they didn't train me enough. This isn't right. And other people go, oh, thank God I did that before I can apply this here. Uh, some people, well, I'm pretty good at this. I never want to look at that. Why would I jump ship? And you're like, well, let me try something else out. So what did you do in your life to become so positive and so open-minded and so available to serendipity?
0: Well, I think growing up, I mean, I had a, I had a great support system. Like my mom was one of the most optimistic and, you know, happy people that I I was with constantly every day because a lot of things, you know, could go right in life, but I mean, a lot of it sure can go wrong too. And it really is inevitable. We can't control it. There are so many curveballs that we get thrown at us. We really do just have to roll with the punches. And I think the more adaptable and flexible people can be and not hold themselves to such a strict and harsh standard and, you know, be able to realize, Hey, I didn't plan for this, but it's what I do after that makes all the difference. So, I mean, I'm continuing, like, Every day to be faced with different challenges, different curveballs. In in the job that I have now, the weather is something that is so detrimental to the success, and it's something that we have no control over at all. And I think that, you know, if you continue day by day, you know, planning for perfection, you're going to set yourself up for failure. So it's realizing that you can't control everything. And realizing that you're going to have a lot, you know, better of a, uh, a mindset and a plan around it because, you know, there there's so many things that don't go your way. It's, hey, realizing this didn't go for the better, but we got to keep going.
2: Wow. So you're letting go of the outcome, which is hard to do. You want to win, but you're letting go of the outcome. You're enjoying the process but you're open to the adaptation of a different process. I think that might be unique somewhat. And I want to go back a little bit. You had your support system of your mother. If your mother wasn't supportive, what would you have done to get a different support system?
0: If she wasn't supportive, I would have had to, you know, find support elsewhere. And at the end of the day, I can't count on other people to give me the support I need you know, one point or another, you're going to have to look to yourself to be the support that you need, right? There's a lot of things that we want to do. There's going to be a lot of people that tell you, Hey, you can't do that. Hey, that's, that's not achievable. Hey, that, that doesn't make sense. And, you know, you know, I had my internship program and I remember coming to my mom that I found such a cool opportunity and she told me it wasn't going to work out. My mom, the most supportive, optimistic person, told me quite literally we were sitting in the living room and I was uh, I was standing up and you know she was sitting on the couch and I told her, "Hey, this is what I want to do." And she told me I was going to fail. And I was so pissed. I was so confused, hurt. I'm just like, you know, my mom is everything to me and she just told me I'm going to fail at something. <laughs> I ended up being Um, one of the, you know, top interns, you know, of the state. And I realized, you know, I remember going back to her and having a conversation and and she looks at me teary eyed after, you know, my banquet ceremony. And after I came back with with my award and everything, she looked at me teary eyed and she said, Brianna, I am so proud of you that you, you know, you didn't take my advice. You know, you knew that this was something that you were going to do and you were going to be good no matter what. And that's exactly what happens. So it's sometimes it's like you have a lot of people in your ear. There's going to be one voice at the back of your head. Nine times out of 10, it's it's going to be that, you know, my own voice, my own instinct that I listen to. And I just have to trust that, uh, that I can make it work.
2: So you had a supportive mom. You had supportive friends. Um, you've got this cloud of support around you. But every once in a while, you got to go against your stakeholders and make up your own mind. And your mom was fearful, right? She's just fearful.
0: Oh, yeah, because, I mean, I always, I really did always listen to my mom. I was never someone that was rebellious or defiant. I mean, I, I look to people that were older and wiser to try to give me some good advice. You're you're shaking your head.
2: I, I, I've known you a long time. And as I said, I, I was in a very, very crowded nightclub and you were 19 years old uh, getting all of us old people drinks. I consider that rebellious and defiant at the same time.
0: Well, I was never someone to, I was never a bad kid is what I meant. You know, if I'm about to do something stupid and I had my mom say, hell no, you bet believe I was going to listen to my mom. So
2: (laughs) that's a really difficult thing. So if you're listening right now and your, your parents are saying, Hey, You shouldn't do this. Yeah, you're gonna go touch a fire, probably listen to them. But there are times when you have to stop and gauge the decision. I'm sure you went through a decision filter. Why is she saying no? She's afraid. What's she afraid of? Why am I going to do better than she thinks? What am I afraid of? What do I lose? What do I win? And you go through this whole decision filter to make a decision, but you're still checking back with your support system and you're still making a decision. I'm going to go against them. They're still going to support me. I'll keep checking back later. And your mother was supportive of you while you went through the college work system after you made your decision, right?
0: She was, she was the one that was picking me up weekend uh, from weekend. I was in school, you know, I'd go back home uh, to run my business on Saturdays and Sundays. So she was picking me up if i you know didn't have a ride from her i wouldn't have been able to make it work so initially you know she still thought I was going to fail and for the longest time i was failing i wasn't doing well in the beginning at all something ended up clicking and that's when she started getting more faith but um but yeah the whole, the, the first few months of the program she was supportive but secretly she's like this she's never going to make it
2: huh. Uh, We have a kid right now at College Works. I call him Red Hair Jake because his name is Jake and he's got red hair. Mm -hmm. And I've got a son named Jake who doesn't have red hair. Uh, He was the worst. And uh, I, I went to all the trainings this year. So I met the kid at training. And I said, this doesn't make any sense. This guy should be doing really well. So today I found out I win $150 and so does Jack Krecha off of Kyle Look because the kid just passed $171,000. He's second best in the country. He went from worst to first. And how many times, I was that way, I was the worst, you were the worst. How many times do you have to be patient and keep going and keep going until you find your success? It's never right there, right?
0: No, no, yeah, I was, um, I, I mean, I quite literally was failing four months for months. And I'm someone who didn't really know too much failure. I mean, I was awesome at sports. I was on varsity as a freshman and it, it was eating me alive. It's like, why am I not good at this? You know, I was with a bunch of, you know, other interns. We all started at the same spot. You know, it's not like someone had an advantage over the other. And when I realized that, you know, there was no advantages, no one had a leg up. Everyone was starting with the same resources. I'm like. People need to be utilizing these resources better than I was. You know, there had to be something that I could be doing that I was missing. So it was the weekend and the program that changed the whole trajectory for me was when I, you know, I st- that Monday, I was like, you know what? I need to have my my big breakthrough, right? I needed it. I kind of manifested it into existence. I'm like, this is going to happen, right? And I didn't, I didn't say things just to say it, but I had to back it up, right? You know, I went through all the networks that I had. I set up all my appointments. Um, So I set myself up for success. I played it through. I worked the whole weekend from, you know, I got up 6 a.m. That first Saturday morning, came home at about 7.45, did it again on Sunday. And that's where I saw my breakthrough. And it was really just the the effort I was putting into it is all it
2: was. Yeah, you weren't good yet. I wasn't good yet. Yeah, it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert, they say. But if you got the right tribe and you've got the right focus and you're persevering, you're probably just not good yet. And you found out you were the best. I found out I was the best. Jake Bailey found out that he currently is the second best, which is pretty damn good because the one right above him has been doing this for a little bit longer. You stick it out. And so many people, by the way, the number one cause of failure at that College Works business is parents the number one cause? Because there's two types of parents. My parents, my dad said, Son, you never have two nickels to rub together anyway. Go do this. This will be the best for you. And kept pushing me. So there's that type of parent. Then there's the type, No, you could never do this. They're worried about how hard you're going to have to work. They're worried about how much stress you're going to be under. They're worried about you failing. And I can't tell, I wish that every person that worked at College Works was forbidden from living at home with their parents because the parents constantly saying, oh, this is too hard. Oh, you shouldn't do this. Oh, and they're worried.
1: Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with this podcast. It's tough to keep up, I get it. That's why Matt and the rest of the team put together the Edge of Excellence Bundle. In it, you'll find different tools that relate to overarching themes and topics of the show. Things like disc assessment tools, time management strategies and tactics, stress and anxiety management tools, exclusive videos and episodes from this podcast that is not released anywhere else, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the Edge of Excellence bundle 100% for free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get access, all you have to do is go to www.collegeworks.com podcast and fill out the short form there for us to get the bundle over to you. Once again, it's www.collegeworks.com podcast. Now, back to the show.
2: Well, I'm super excited that one, you have a supportive mom. And two, and you've always been wiser than your years, you're wise enough. People listening to this call are wise enough to stop and ask themselves, why are they worried about me and what am I going to do to prove them wrong? And you proved it wrong and you kicked butt and everything worked out. So you made some sacrifices throughout your life. You know, there's lots of things you missed, lots of things you didn't do. My favorite question is, what sacrifices have you made that you never regret?
0: That I never regret. So it's funny because my freshman and sophomore year, I have regrets that I'm not going out enough. I'm not seeing my friends enough. I'm not doing this. I'm missing out on that party. You know, it's a lot of FOMO, right? There's a lot of fear of missing out. When I look back on college, I realize that that was the best thing I could have done. You know what I mean? I mean, people think that they go to college, you know, some people think it's just the best, craziest four years of you know your life. Yes, college was the best years of my life because I found the programs, the internships, the people, the networks that were going to launch my career. Yeah, I said no to a few parties. I said no to a few trips but now I'm sitting in a seat where I'm having all my friends come to me and like, Brie, what did you do? Like, how is this real? You know, how are you where you are now? And I kind of look at them and laugh, you know, it's like, I'm, I still get to live that same life. You know, it, it was at a different time frame. I'm still going out. I'm still partying. I'm still in the city. Um, but I just made a decision early on. It's like, let's do this. Right. And we're, and we're not going to look back on it. So yeah, I mean, I thought I was making a silly move at one point when I, when I, when I was, when I wasn't good yet, when I wasn't excellent yet at the program. And, uh, and now I just realized, I think everything just worked out for, for the better. I, I don't have any regrets that I didn't see my friends then because I see them a hell of a lot. Now.
2: I wonder how many people are in college thinking that these are the best years of my life and then they keep living 30, 40, 50, 60 years and they realize, oh no, those were the best years of my life versus you. They were the best years of your life because of what you did to prepare yourself for the next few years, which are probably better, right? It
0: only gets better. Yeah. Yeah.
2: If you play it right, it only gets better if, if you look at your definition of, of excellence. It only gets better if you're winning in different ways. It only gets better if you're surrounding yourself with a good team. It only gets better if you're searching for your tribe and searching your, for, for your potential. It doesn't only get better if your greatest skill is crafting gravity bongs and staying in school with the 2.0 and never doing anything. It can get worse. That's why we have this podcast. We want people to find their tribe. We want people to find their path. I love having you as a guest because you've had a few different paths and you've got this long-term look at things. Everything's kind of a stepping stone and people don't know because they don't know you. You have the most fun out of anybody on the planet. You might work 100 hours in a week, but you still have more fun than 7.1 billion other people in that week despite being tired and working too hard, right?
0: Right, yeah. I No regrets right now.
2: So if someone wasn't so optimistic and someone wasn't so long-term focused and someone wasn't so um, in tune with their tribe and their potential... What would you tell them to get in tune with their tribe and potential and get long-term focused and optimistic? You
0: have to go out and do something different for yourself, right? So, I mean, FOMO, right? The fear of missing out, that's only going to drag you down. You cannot worry about what he's doing and she's doing and what's next week and what part, you know, you can't worry about that type of stuff. You have to worry about yourself and you have to. You know, start planning for your future in the right ways, you know, and I I want you guys to think, you know, when you're, you know, sitting in a room with all your friends doing nothing, you know, wasting the day away, think about all of the other things that you can be doing to set yourself apart to be great and to, and to better your future so what I did. Right. I got into different internships. I found different clubs. I found different programs. Do that as early as you can, right? I'm 21 now and I and I feel like I'm on a I'm on a high, right? I, I landed job after job. I'm doing great. You know, the money's great and you know, the the friends and the parties are always great. But you know, if you're you know listening and you're in high school and you don't know what to do, you know, don't follow the crowd, right? You have to do something that's going to be good for yourself, that your friends are going to say, wow, I wish I was like you versus the other way around. So get involved, you know, go try things that are new and maybe out of your comfort zone, but you have to have to experience the, some things that you don't like to find what, you know, you, you, you know, your calling is.
2: Wow. I figured you out just now after all these years, you live the moment but you can still see the next moment coming. That's what you do differently. And it's everything that you do, everything I've ever seen you do. You're doing it to the nth degree at that moment, but you got a little bit of an eyesight on what's coming down the pipe. So you're not wasting your time. Everything just kind of, all these moments that you just suck everything out of are all linked together to create an awesome, excellent life.
0: I love it. You're making me sound like the... (laughs) a winner
2: well guess what you are and brianna i really appreciate you coming on the show today it's always a pleasure to see you. it's been a long time since we spoke or talked so it's always my pleasure to see you of course i have to talk to jill about this afterwards about how well you're doing and how you are staying ahead of the curve how you're winning how you still have a great tribe that you surrounded yourself with and how you live in the moment and continue to look to the future. Thank you so much for coming on the Edge of Excellence today.
0: Thanks so much, Matt. It was awesome being here.
1: I hope you enjoyed that episode today on the Edge of Excellence podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to this. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this exact episode with them. This show exists to showcase what is possible when young leaders are willing to step out of their comfort zone and choose to excel in their lives. To learn more about our internship for young and ambitious students, www.oneinternship.com slash podcast to see if it's something that makes sense for you. Once again, it is www.oneinternship.com slash podcast. Let this be a reminder for you to live on the edge of excellence in your business and life. See you next time.